Is this on? It is. Very good. Um, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness, and we thank you that even now you are here. And so, Lord, we pray that you would give us your grace to be aware of your presence with us and responsive to your moving. We ask for obedience. And, Lord, we ask that in all things we could bring honor to your name as you are glorified in your church. For we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. It's good to see you. Thank you. Um, Kimberly is, is still uh, sick, so she's home with the kiddos. And, uh, but I think everybody but Colin got this. So it makes him so special. I don't know. Uh, I am so thankful for the vaccine and, and uh, just aware of how bad it could have been. And just uh, if my legs feel a little like jelly, so if I go sit down, uh, it just means I'm going to speak for a lot longer. So don't worry. It's okay, Harold. Um, but I do want to say a special thank you to David and to uh, Eva as well, who have covered for me in my in my absence and um, been very like. Well, last Thursday they're kind of like bullies. Like you're not coming to church, you know. Uh, and so uh, thank you very much because it was uh, it's hard for me to let go and uh, and to take time that I need to rest. So that was a blessing to me. So thank you. Happy Pentecost! Happy birthday to the church. When you think about it, uh, what the Holy, the Holy Spirit is about is, a, is about the presence of God with us. And the whole Bible, it's about presence. When I am at my worst, it's when I forget that God is present. It's when I stop trusting that God is with me, that God cares, that God has a plan. When I forget these things... I can get very scared and act out of insecurity. I can act out of jealousy or resentment. But when I believe and when I know that God is present by His Spirit, I can trust that even the bad things that happen happen for a reason and that God hasn't abandoned me. Can you relate to that? Good. I'm really glad because we're the church. And what makes the church the church is that we have been filled with the Holy Spirit. Not just for our own sake, but for the sake of the world around us. So today I, I want to look at God's presence. I want to go through the Bible, in the church, and in the mission of the church. How is God present and what does that mean for us today? Our, our culture, our society has something called FOMO. Have you heard of this? A fear of missing out, exactly. And I, I think a lot of the endless scrolling on our phones and tablets and stuff like that have to do with we don't want to miss the latest gossip. What's going on with the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard case? God, that's, that's integral to how I live my life. i got to watch that. Um, also, like sales. We don't miss anything like that. Or anything that's really important, we got to stay current. Because if we miss out, that's it. It's gone. It's done with. We don't need to worry about missing out what God has for us because of Pentecost. God has placed you where you are with the challenges you're facing for a reason. And your job and my job is to acknowledge and respond to the presence of God 
in such a way that I reflect and you reflect the character of Jesus and so bring glory to his name. So let's take a closer look. I, I want to start with a, a, when I, one of my earliest memories was when I was probably four or five years old and I was in the rectory in Perth Andover. My dad uh, was a minister there. And during that time, uh, there was a German shepherd down the road that scared my sister to death. You know, looking back, it was probably a dog that was just over-eager to love my sister, and, uh, but she, this dog scared my sister really badly. And one day, we, my dad was packing up the car to go on family vacation, and uh, I remember this so clearly. My brother Andrew and I were, were pulling bags from bedrooms and bringing them to the top of the stairs so that dad could grab them and throw them in the trunk. Well, while we were on our way to the top of the stairs, I heard my sister screaming, And we got to the top of the stairs. My sister was running up the stairs. And behind her was this dog. Now, I can't honestly say if it was as bad as I remember. But what I remember is this dog barking and snarling. And it was like as big as a horse, I'm sure. It was scary, right? For for me and my brother, we were scared. My sister got through the luggage and my brother and I pushed the luggage in front of the stairs to keep the dog away. And then out of nowhere, my father is on the stairs. And he grabs that dog from under its belly and he throws it down the stairs. And there was a yelp as it hit the bottom and then the dog ran off and I thought, my dad is Superman. He was there where we needed him, when we needed him, and I felt so protected in that moment because I, I remember thinking, what are we going to do? Well, my dad knew what to do. Don't tell anyone that. He could get sued now. <laughs> Cruelty to animals and all of that. <laughs> but he was present. The story of our faith is presence and of God doing what needs to be done for the sake of the people who he loves. If you go right back to the beginning of the Bible, there is nothing, right? It says that there's just nothing. It's blackness, and then then there's a presence. The Holy Spirit of God is hovering over the waters. And for a Hebrew author, it's not actually an ocean. The waters symbolized chaos. It was a thing to be afraid of. But when the presence of God shows up, you know something's going to happen. Then a word is spoken. Let there be light. And it's the beginning of order out of chaos, of something out of nothing. And that is the beginning. Everything begins with the presence of God and then the voice of God. Um, And as we go through the Old Testament, we know that Adam and Eve, you know, They sin, they break off this presence with God, they become alienated and isolated. We don't know anything about isolation. (laughs) Do you know that longing we have for family, for friends, for our church? Imagine that for Adam and Eve. For the alienation they felt between the two of them and and, and the breaking off from God and, and being driven from the garden but God doesn't end there, right? When, when, they, when they turn away, they hide from the face of God, from the presence of God, and God pursues them. Where are you? 
And then out of grace, God does a bunch of things. And then we lead up to the soft launch of heaven on earth. And that's the tabernacle. It's pretty fancy, right? I mean, obviously, that is where heaven intersects with earth. (laughs) Years ago, I was so mad at our bishop. um, When he was the rector of Stone Church, he asked me to cover for him one Sunday. I said, sure, no problem. That'd be great. And then I find out that he's preaching through Leviticus. (laughs) And I have to preach on Leviticus. I'm like, oh, thank you, David. And my, my, my passage was on the tabernacle. Now, I'm really glad now that I got to preach on that because I want you to picture this. You go into that, that entryway right there and you come into the holy place. And then beyond that, there's the Holy of Holies. There's a, there's, a, there's a curtain put up and that's where the Ark of the Covenant sat. That's where Yahweh himself resided right on the Ark of the Covenant, beyond the veil. But in front of the curtain, on your right, there would have been a table with bread on it. It was called the bread of the presence. And on the left, there was a lampstand, a seven-armed lampstand, the menorah. Now, when I was reading that and praying through that, thinking, what on earth am I going to say about this? The priest would go into that area And when he did so, he entered into the presence of the triune God. The Father who was removed by sin, beyond the veil, but then Jesus who calls himself the bread of life, and then the Holy Spirit. We get to Revelation, we see the the seven spirits of God. Well, that's, that's, that's all menorah imagery. That's powerful stuff. And presence is really important. The people couldn't stand it, but the priest would go in and there would be presence. Now we need to, to fast forward a few thousand years and we get the, 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 the tabernacle was the soft launch of presence. Then Jesus himself, God himself was born in the incarnation. Emmanuel, God with us. And in his life, Jesus demonstrated what a spirit-empowered life looked like. And he also healed the rift between us and the Father. On that cross, that veil was torn in two. No restrictions. And then Jesus, in, he, in the ascension, actually brings humanity into the throne room of God, heaven itself. And N.T. Wright, I love how he says this, heaven is the control room for the universe. If you want to see what's going on, go to heaven, because it's the center of everything. And there is a human, Jesus, pleading our case in the very throne room of God. And then, what does he do first? He sends the Holy Spirit to fill us. Presence. Every Christian is a tabernacle. Every Christian is that intersection between heaven and earth. Did you know that? It's not fitting for us to ask, well, if God were here, then we could do this, right? The fitting question for the Christian is, okay, we believe God is here, so where is he? What is he doing? I know a lot of people I'm talking to are so concerned for the church right now. What are we going to do? You know, people aren't coming back. What are we going to do? Is it all over? I don't believe that. I do believe that the Holy Spirit is doing something new. 
that we are being formed and shaped for something new. I don't know what that is, but I do know that Jesus promised never to leave or forsake us. The question is, what is the church to be all about? Um, I've been laying around for about three weeks now. <laughs> I've had time to think and time to eat. <laughs> and uh, and uh, one of the things that I've been really wrestling with is I have a longing for church. But, but not the kind of church that's all about vestry meetings and rules and policies and that kind of stuff. Can't wait for Synod in November, David. Don't get me wrong. But there needs to be a distinction made between the body of Christ and the institution of the church. And I think that when, what, do we, what makes that distinct is actually where is the Holy Spirit at work. And I'm not saying that Synod is wrong or Vestry is wrong. Don't, don't hear what I'm not saying. But what I'm saying is I want to be part of a church that is sharing life together. I want to be a part of a church where it's not just, oh, we'll see you next Sunday. Does your grandkid have a hockey game? I want to go see your grandkid play hockey. Are they in a play? Let's go. Let's go. Let's make this. Let's share life together. Let's live as this community of the Holy Spirit. I get in trouble sometimes because I, I say things like, you can't have virtual community. But people say, well, some, some of my only friends are, on, are online. So... Well, they can't see in the first thing in the morning if you still have sleep in your eye. Or they don't know what you're like before your first cup of coffee. To share life with someone is to express love in the good, the bad, and the ugly. That's community. That's what the church is called to be. But not just that. It's to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians Now, the Lord is spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, with unveiled faces, contemplate the Lord's glory, and we're being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the spirit. Over the last few weeks, I've been convicted of not making the main thing the main thing. And I'm wondering, am I being faithful to what God is calling us to do? Or am I trying to do what we've always done because that's the way we've always done it? Where is the Holy Spirit in this? And what is the Holy Spirit calling us to do? I think this may be a time of reforming uh, some of my, well, I guess just to get me out of my comfort level. And uh, I want to do this together because I'm afraid to do it alone. I don't know if you're up for this with me, but for discerning where is the Holy Spirit calling us to be as church and what we are called to do. But I want more than Sunday morning gatherings. I want deeper relationships. Yeah. So a church that's following the Holy Spirit is actually reflecting the glory of Jesus, which is in, found in the fruit of the Spirit, the quality, the character of Jesus. So our community together would be characterized by love, like self-giving love and joy, peace, 
patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And the church is to embody this not just so that we can have a friendly place to be, but so that we can actually model for the world what it means to be a human, a healthy, holistic human. So let's take a look at that briefly. The church is the church for the sake of the world. I once served a church that um, they believed that their job, their purpose, was to protect the sacred from the secular. So they were to keep the same traditions, the same liturgy. They were to, to keep the building as holy. And they had to, to sustain this in order to protect it. But when you read passages like the one found in Matthew 16, and Jesus says, I say to you, you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overpower it. I'm not a warrior, but I'm pretty sure you do not bring a wall and gates into battle when you're going somewhere, right? It's not the sacred that needs to be protected from the secular. It's the secular that needs to be protected from the sacred. God is on the move. And we are called to be invading this world in the name of Jesus, with the character of Jesus, to be present where there is hurt, to be present where there is is, uh, discord, to bring reconciliation and healing. Um. Because that's what we receive. That's what makes us church. And again, in in 2 Corinthians uh, 5 this time, all this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. It's interesting that in the Bible... The word often used to convey presence is face. So when, you know, in the the priestly blessing, may the Lord bless and keep you and all that, may he cause his face to shine upon you. Reconciliation is bringing people back face to face so they can be exchanging ideas and and talking together. That's what we're called to do and called to be. But here's the thing. When I say this, oftentimes we feel guilty, don't we? Right? Well, I'm not doing enough. (laughs) That's not the point. (laughs) You are where you are because God has called you to be there. And I remember a few years ago when we did the Surprise the World book, the Bless, you know, Bless People, Eat With Them, and all that stuff. And people said, Well, I've been doing that all along, but that's nothing special. That's, That's what it's about. It's being a blessing for people. And when we fail to recognize that the Holy Spirit is working in and through us, we fail to appreciate, I get to do this for God. I get to be a blessing in the name of Jesus. He's using me. It's a beautiful thing. So where is your mission field? That's the question. For some of us, it's going to be being salt and light for our families. Um, my, My grandmother on her deathbed she reconciled members of my family that had fallen out with each other. She witnessed how important it was. No more fighting, she said. For some of us, uh, it might be making newcomers to our community 
people from away feel welcomed and drawn into the community more fully. For some of us, it'll be taking steps towards reconciliation with our First Nations communities of going and saying, tell me your sorrows. I want to understand. I want to, I want to grieve with you. For some of us, it'll mean be breaking cycles of poverty within our community. But here's the important thing. You can't fund presence. You've got to be present. And so I want to encourage us, Lord, to pray, Lord, where are you calling me to be and how can I reflect your character to the world around us? At the core, these expressions of mission are expressions of the presence of God. Pentecost is the birthday of the church. It's when we celebrate that God became one with us by the Holy Spirit. Christians are anointed and filled with the Holy Spirit, and that is what makes the church, church. We are to embrace presence with God and live that presence out in the world around us to bring people face-to-face with God. Because that's the thing, is that when you are present somewhere, God is too. I was... uh, reading evening prayer one one day this week and this this passage came out i just want to read it and um it's just a little verse from psalm 16 just take a moment to be still lord you make known to me the path of life and you will fill me with the joy of your presence Lord God, we thank you so much for the gift of your Holy Spirit and we pray that you would so fill us that we could see your hand at work. And Lord, not only to be aware of you, but be responsive to your will so that we can be the blessing you've called us to be in Christ Jesus our Lord. For we ask this for his sake and in his name. Amen.